of 607 TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Of course, we are also anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 TWS if you want to listen to this podcast form or in listening to this podcast form. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. I'm one of your hosts here on 607 Podcast on Twitch. I'm also the host of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me, as he does each and every week, the other host here on 607 Podcast on Twitch, and you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is good? Fuck yeah, let's talk some wrestling. I'm excited, man. Let's wow, talk about this. Wow, he's dropping F-bombs out of the gate. I'm hot today. My, let's go. My voice is cracking during the entrance. My voice is cracking during the entrance. You're dropping F-bombs. It can only mean it's going to be a fun show tonight. And Pad's in the chat, and he says, excited for the show. I just wanted to convey and say that the contrary to popular belief, I am not a robot. With that being said, I do not do need to ask you to come with me if you want to live. <laughs> I wish I could do a better Arnold than that. But uh, you know what? You, you, you called it on the entrance, so I was not ready. But you get the friendly. I mean, you're not wrong. Points but on the board. You say it. I mean, good lord. Well played, Pat. Oh, I got uh, interesting week. I got just started, like halfway through that introduction. I started choking on my own spit. <laughs> well, it was a great week in wrestling that we have to recap. So that would cause yeah, it. Yeah, we got, we got, uh, well, actually, it was a slow week in wrestling, and I fucking love it. I mean, it, it, some people would say it was a busier week. There were some big stories, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. We're going to talk about some of sure. them, most of them. We stay away from certain things. It's stupid. I mean, I got the trigger warning. I should have put the trigger warning. I got to get a graphic trigger warning on the screen because we, uh, as you see, we added it for triggering purposes, and that's because I just enjoy being. You know, somewhat of a contrarian to people. Mm-hmm. We enjoy, you know, adrenaline hit our souls. Something, something. something. Cody, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. By the way, Chase Variant, Cody Rhodes. Uh, thank you, AEW, for obviously releasing all the Chase Variants to Walmart at the same time. Incredible. So uh, I was walking through, I saw the Chase Variant. I was like, I got to have it. Because unlike other places, I, I, I'm, I don't hate Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I don't hate CM Punk. I don't hate the three letters named WWE. I also don't hate the three letters of AEW. I do love the three letters of GCW. Yes, indeed. Which we're going to talk about in the opening segment. Oh, God, yes. And then, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I find myself to love pro wrestling. I'm a pro wrestling fan. So, you know, I thought it would be funny, though, because I know some people out there. It says AEW on it, at least. We're here for all wrestling. That's right. We're here to give logical opinions, which I understand is is weird in the world of professional it's crazy wrestling. Crazy talk. By the way, I got to get the picture up. I think it's going to go right over my shoulder because now that I'm paying attention on camera. But I got a autographed. Thanks to the people at Circle Six, I have an autographed uh, skewered. Their first Ooh. ever show. Everybody on the card autographed. I have it at the house. I just haven't put it in the frame. I have the frame. So next week, I think I'm a. Uh, I was looking at where it's posted. I'm like, I could probably put it right over my shoulder, and you could see it. Yeah, right in the corner. Yeah, so it's awesome. It. It's got like uh, it's got Atticus on there. You got Masada, got RSP, yeah, Eddie only. A little Biff Busick. Get a Biff Busick. Yep. 
Good Lord. It's good stuff. Uh, that's coming up pretty soon. Logic in the IWC pad says, you're a goddamn lunatic. I understand this. That's why I'm not technically a member of the IWC. I've been uh, I've been off of Twitter for like two weeks. Like, I go in, I see what people are bitching about, and I dive the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smart way to live. It is. If Come with me if you want to live. I love it. I love it. Pat, go back to the Padawan J comment. You know, we're having a little bit of extra fun this week. I think we're lighthearted. Last week, three and a half hour show mm-hmm. covering all of WrestleMania weekend, all of the collective. I mean, we could miss out a couple shows, but most of the collective. The Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, New Japan Strong Show, and then, of course, WrestleMania weekend. Damn. Plus, Super B was in the house. Super B in the house. By the way, let's open a show before we even give plugs, man. Congratulations. Yeah, baby, to the one and only Super B, bringing home that big dub, got that win. Hell yeah. This past Saturday at the Excite Show, defeated Cheech and Dante Drago, and then he got on the mic and challenged Binghamton's own, the legend of Binghamton, the icon of professional wrestling in Binghamton. I know that might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but he's a friend of the show, and mm-hmm. hopefully we'll have him on sometime soon as a good friend of yours and mine. That, of course, is the hybrid Sean Carr. He says, yeah. I want to I want to fight the big dog. And Sean did answer him on Instagram. So May 7th we'll get Super B versus the hybrid Sean Carr. That's going to be a fantastic match. I'm going to wear a Super B shirt just to piss Sean Carr off. Yes, shout out to Super B. He did hook us up with yeah, some swag. Some shirts, so. some some stuff. So thank you, thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you a lot. Absolutely. Oh man, but it's been a hell of a week. And I'll just tell you, in the second half of this show, we're going to do two halves. It was kind of an easy week for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, I needed that after WrestleMania season. Two weeks of like non-type cramming. Uh, second half of the show, we're going to talk about some AEW. I mean, obviously, they had a banger of a rampage. Mm-hmm. Also, on top of that, you know, there's Botgate. Yes. Sure, everybody knows about that. We're going to talk about it a little bit. And then, of course, you know, I think we have to look at the bigger picture with this Discovery deal. Uh, you know, I understand that there's some people on the internet thinking people are crazy, but I mean, we got to dive in logically. That's what we do here. That's going to be in the second half of the show. Uh, also, in the second half of the show, I'm going to do a little op-ed uh, for wrestlers, promoters, and even wrestling fans who could listen to it. But I'm going to leave a little bad. Put it back on my uh, work in the wrestling business, Hayne. Uh, Chops of Fury says, hey, all. Hey, hey what's, what's going on, Alan? How, How you doing? doing? But uh, we're going to do, uh, that's going to be the second half of the show, and I'm, uh, we'll end with that little op-ed. Talk about people who are trying to get in the business or whatever, trying to put back on my work in the business hat. Kind of give some information because I see some things and I see some other things and a good learning experience. It might not pass on some jewels. Mm-hmm. But in the first half of the show, we will be covering GCW's weekend from California, Los Angeles. And of course, the debut in San Francisco, California. But before we can do that, Ken, before, tell the fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on our social media accounts. Check out Parlay Points because we have a brand new blogs account anywhere. Talking some wrestling. Uh, kind of deep diving into little stories that we weren't really going to cover on this week's show. Also got a plug since Alan is in the chat. Uh, we have some new comics blog out there in Pocus Hocus coming out from Bad Bug Media. Alan is the writer of it. It's a phenomenal comic. So if you're into that, go check that out. T Public Store sale going on this week as well. Everything and anything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. By the way, Mike Mike C, what's up, Mike C? Spooky Mike C. Oh Been my a god! Long time, but Cody is on. He has amazing pyro. So I thought I'd drop by and say hi. I want to point out. I don't know how he's on. He's right here. Yeah, he's right here. He's right front and center right now when I do my plugs. It's kind of funny. Ah, with that being said, uh, 
Uh, for all the information on Three Fat Nerds Podcast and everything we do at 8122 Productions, including here at 607 Podcast, visit us online, 8122productions.com. That might be changing soon. Ken knows about it. Mm-hmm. Some people don't, but 8122productions.com is the place to be. Find out all about Three Fat Nerds Podcast, Horror Zone 607, 607 TWS, and so much more. You got the pa- you got the Patreon link there, patreon.com slash 8122productions. If you want to support us monetarily for as little as $1 a month, you can do that there. Also... T Public Store, the link there. We already. I'm not going to go on another T Public rant. I did it again on the uh, Three Fenders podcast. <laughs> uh, just I did it for every podcaster out there, by yeah, the way, because I said make sure you get the link so you can find the stuff to support people. I also want to say that uh, I just looked down at my phone and Ron. I, I mentioned on Three FN, which you guys aren't going to hear until tomorrow unless you're on Patreon. But on Three FN, I mentioned about how he keeps spamming our conversations with David Hasselhoff videos, yes, music videos. I am asking any fan that's listening to me on this show or any show, at RedX230 on Twitter is Ron's Twitter handle. At RedX230 on Twitter. Spam that man with as much bad music videos as you can, whether it's by David Hasselhoff or whoever you want to pick. That is my that's my goal. Make his make his timeline on Twitter look like the worst music video of all time. Pad challenge has been thrown down. I said it on 3FN. I'm saying it here because, man, damn, I'm tired of it. Tired of it. He said since I like it so much is what he said in the chat. Yeah, That's I saw all right. that. I... That's all right. We're going to spam him out of existence. Damn him. I'll make fun of him. I'm going to make him watch movies he don't want to watch. Ooh. That being said, uh, so all that, 8122productions.com, of course, is the place to be. Uh, we're on all social medias. Of course, we are. Uh, Three Fat Nerds Pod. Throw an at in front of it if you have to. It's cool stuff. We can't wait to hear from you. And especially, uh, you know, we were on there talking uh, this past week about uh, the GCW card that we're about to cover. So sometimes we're on wrestling. Also, also, I want to announce here, I don't think I did it on 607TWS yet. Saturday, April 30th. Saturday, April 30th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will be live on twitch.tv slash 607podcast with the three F fat nerds, fourth anniversary extravaganza. So, yes, we're going to be on here talking about, uh, what did you call that? Uh, Willy Wonka the Truck Factory. Oh, okay. And more. Guess we're going to have fun. It's going to be a good night. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So there you go. That'll be coming up on April 30th. This is the next time I have available because obviously this weekend, we announced it last week. We're announced again. This weekend is, of course, Easter. Mm-hmm. Next weekend is uh, a, a big magic uh, pre-release at the shop. So that's a no-go. Right. And then, of course, that leaves us with the 30th, which I'm fine with. I'm having fun. We just want to come out and have a good time. If you have watched any of our celebrations in the past, you know, you never know who's going to drop by, who's going to stop in, and also uh, what's going to happen. It's a lot of fun. So we're going to be doing that this year. And, of course, if you would like to be here, uh, limited numbers, but if you would like to be here at Dragon Master Games, where it's going to be live, uh, contact us, and uh, you can be here live and celebrate live with the Three Fenders podcast. There you go. I think that's all I got for introductions. I think I've, I've wasted enough time plugging stuff in the beginning of the show. Did you say time? Yes, because it's oddly enough. It's time! That's right, it's time to kick off the show, and it is time to start off to review this past weekend and the GCW Wrestling Shows. Are you ready? I am fucking ready to talk about this. You got a second F-bomb because they were that damn good this weekend. 
All right, so we had the California things, of course, starting off on Saturday night. This was at 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern uh, from the Ukrainian Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California. GCW presents Paranoid. And here is the card as follows in the singer of the opening contest. The bad boy Joey Janela defeats the base guy Gringo Loco. 17 minutes, one second. Great match, long match, and a great way to kick off the weekend of festivities. Absolutely. Janela has been on a roll and this was a fantastic match to open with. Really got me amped up for this card. Definitely got to say. Second match on the card was for the GCW Extreme title. Your champion, Black Death, a.k.a. the motherfucking truth, AJ Gray, defending the title against Kevin Blackwood, of course, and at the end of the day, and still champion AJ Gray. 11 minutes, 13 seconds. But the big story here, not only do we know AJ Gray can go, Kevin Blackwood still impressing the hell out of a lot of people. If you're not familiar, get familiar. He definitely had a star-making performance. Great match all around, too. Uh, next match up, Bullet Club in the house as Chris Bay defeated Ooh. Jack Cartwheel. 11 minutes, 15 seconds. One of my favorite matches of the weekend. This was absolutely incredible. Oh, it's a tremendous match. Lots of stuff. I mean, if, you've not, if you're not familiar with Chris Bay, uh, check him out on Impact. Check him mm-hmm. out on New Japan Strong. Of course, you can check him out on GCW. Uh, next up, we had a, the classic GCW six-way scramble match. Uh, Dark Sheik defeated B-Boy, Damian Drake, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, and Lucas Riley. That match got nine minutes and 56 seconds. And as always, the GCW scramble match is something to behold. I'm going to go on record and say something. We've seen a lot of GCW. They are the perfectionists of doing a scramble match. Absolutely. This had to be arguably the best one I think I've seen from them. Arguably. Oh, very good. Very this good. was excellent. At at the end of the match, got a little handshake action. Dark Sheik finally gave a handshake to Jordan Oliver, so mm-hmm. that was a big deal. Next up, we have the GCW World Tag Team Championship match. The champions, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe, defending against Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie. And at the end of the day, 16 minutes, 27 seconds, and your new GCW World Tag Team Champions, Bussy. Love this match. Long overdue for Bussy to get some titles, so I was super ecstatic about this one. I was pumped about this. This was what we thought it was going to be. It was a brawl. It was a, it was a great uh, event. Uh, you got to love the Briscoes, but congratulations to Effie and Ali Catch on capturing the GCW World Tag Team titles with a little bit of help from the Second Gear crew. Eh, you know, sometimes, you know, it's got to happen. Next up was a match that I think took the internet and the world by surprise as how good it was as the Dirty Daddy, the Putrid Papa, the Filthy Father, Chris Dickinson, defeated Masha Slamovich 11 minutes and two seconds. And holy shit, if you, are, if you didn't know who Masha Slamovich was before or if you've never seen her wrestle before, which she's a very talented wrestler, Check this match out. Both of them killed it. And Masha Slamovich, I think, earned a whole new level of respect from a whole lot of people. I am one of those because I've always thought she did great work. I haven't seen a, a lot of her stuff, but every time I've seen it, I saw, you know, she's got it. But this took her to a whole different level. This match just absolutely blew me away. And, I, you know, we talk about star-making performances. This was for her. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. I agree. Can't agree more. 
Next up, we had ACH defeating All Elite Nick Wayne, 11 minutes, 32 seconds. Great match. Uh, definitely, it was, uh, you know, ACH is definitely hitting a new stride since being back in the Indies. Mm-hmm. And what can you say about the 17-year-old prodigy Nick Wayne? AEW's got a diamond in the rough. I'm just hoping when it's time to bring him there, they don't let him fall, you know, in the cracks of the shuffle, so to speak. And then in the main event of the evening, the man who some call murder grandpa, <laughs> Minoru Suzuki defeated All Heart, a.k.a. best in the world, Blake Christian in 15 minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, this was not the best of the two Minoru Suzuki fights. We'll talk about the other one mm-hmm. in a minute. However, still a very good match. Uh, and uh, Blake, another another uh, solid guy for Blake to go in the ring rinse. If you're not fully convinced that Blake Christian is the best wrestler for 2022 right now, he is the wrestler of the year, I don't know what to tell you because every match that they put Christian in, it's an absolute must-watch match. This was a very good match, and this might have been match of the weekend had not Night two, happened. Night two happened. <laughs> but Suzuki and him put on an absolute classic. Definitely go watch this if you haven't seen it. And, I mean, what else can you really say about it? It's a fantastic match. Absolutely classic on uh, the first night, of course, on Saturday night for GCW Game Changer Wrestling this weekend. That rolls us right into Sunday, 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 Sunday. They were in San Francisco, California for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. They were at the Midway in San Francisco, California, and uh, it was at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Very good for us on the East Coast. And it was GCW Devil in a New Dress. And to open the show, we had Daddy come out, of course, Effie. And he comes out because he has been laying down a challenge to Jeff Jarrett. After losing to Jeff Jarrett at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City for World on GCW, he's, he's, he hasn't gotten past it, he said. And so these past few weeks, we've seen these promos of Jeff Jarrett on GCW uh, Airwaves during shows mm-hmm. where the last outlaw, you know, Jeff Jarrett, what the Jeff Jarrett character with the, the black cowboy hat and the trench coat, the last outlaw has been sp- spotted by, uh, by, by him in the back of the window of the truck uh, at a store. He keeps try- seeing it and the, the figure goes away. So, you know, Jeff Jarrett thinks he's seeing things. Well, we found out this past week that he wasn't seeing things. But the last outlaw wasn't Jeff Jarrett. It was Effie. Yeah. And Effie came to the front door of his house and challenged him as a man and said, you be in San Francisco. How insane was this? It was great. And you know what happened next? Jeff Jarrett no-showed. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Jeff Jarrett no-showed. So he says, I had an open challenge. Who's going to fill the challenge? Everybody's expecting Jeff Jarrett. But no. All elite Nick Wayne's music hits, and he mm. gets in the ring, and we have a nice little uh, exchange between Effie and Nick Wayne, <laughs> the classic. where Effie was like, you know, you're a child. I can't even say the uh, I just won the tag team titles. I can't even say the name of my tag team in front of you because I feel bad because you're a child. But if Effie has to work PG for the kids, Effie will work PG for the kids. And sure enough, uh, had a great little match with uh, Nick Wayne. At the end of the day, Effie defeats Nick Wayne, 8 minutes and 48 seconds. After the match, Effie cuts a promo saying, Hey, Jeff Jarrett, you might not show up today, but you know the dates. Show up at any single one of them, but have the balls that come to my face and not attack me from behind. Yeah, this is a great opener. And definitely laying the groundwork for Effie and Jarrett, too. I'm excited for this match. Second match on the card saw one of our favorite wrestlers here on 607 TWS. Big Breakfast, Mm -hmm. the East Coast Ace, the Clout Cutter, Jordan Oliver defeats Jack Cartwheel, 14 minutes and 35 seconds. The big part of this match is the finish, as somehow, 
Still can't believe I've seen it. Jordan Oliver throws a, like a powerbomb position, throws Jack Cartwheel off in the top rope. He bounces off the top rope, comes back, and he catches him with the orange crush that way. And it, it's gone viral. It's all over the internet. If you haven't seen it, go to at 3 Fenders Pod. Go to at OD Parley Hour. Look through our timelines. We both shared it multiple mm. times. Boy, one of the greatest finishes I ever saw after a great match, by the way. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say about that? That move went viral for a damn good reason. Great match, incredible finish, and Jordan Oliver, I mean, what can you say about him, man? Just absolutely turn on. Match, great performance after great performance. Match after match, he is getting so much better. If you're not familiar with him, you got to get familiar with him ASAP. Absolutely. It's great stuff. Great to see. Great match. Next up, and they've been doing this thing lately where Effie, has been picking his tag team partner, now championship tag team partner, Allie catches opponents for her because she wants to be challenged. She wants competition. So Effie says, hey, I'm going to help you out, sis. I'm going to find you all the competition you can. So we saw Dirty Dango come in for Effie's Big Gate Brunch. Mm -hmm. We've seen some other people. Well, in San Francisco, we saw a GCW debut. Kid Bandit made her debut in GCW, of course, trained at the Nightmare Factory by Cody Rhodes. To take on Allie Catch. The match got 10 minutes and 56 seconds. At the end of the day, Allie Catch wins. However, I think Kid Bandit impressed the GCW audience something fierce. This was actually the first time I seen Kid Bandit wrestle. And I was blown away. I have to admit, I was like, who is she? And absolutely crushed it in the match here. Great match. Great chemistry. Uh, go out of your way to see this one. Allie Catch is on top of the world as far as she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world today, bar none. And Kid Bandit, young up-and-comer, she's uh, got a bright future, and I hope we see her more in GCW. Yeah, she was awesome. Uh, next up, we talked about Masha Slamovich on day one. Masha Slamovich on night two defeats Jimmy fucking Lloyd, 11 minutes and 21 seconds. This match was a wild fight. But <laughs> this, I mean, Masha, yet again, breakout star of the weekend in my eyes. Pasha comes in, has a great match with Chris Dickinson night one, and gets her first GCW win night two. Yeah, excellent. Excellent performance all around. Next up, it was we had a little brief intermission. After intermission coming back, we had a showcase of West Coast talent. And you see these folks on, uh, these, both these gentlemen have been on LA Fights, the GCW sister promotion. Also, you can find them on West Coast Pro and other places out there out west. Make sure you keep your eye on that West Coast wrestling. But Titus Alexander. Defeated Midas Creed, 8 minutes and 26 seconds. Very good match. Very, very good match. Both L young men. Yeah, LA Fights, if you're not familiar with them, they're putting on some absolutely classic cards. Absolutely. Next up, we had a six-man tag team match. The second gear crew, AJ Gray, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice defeated the South Pacific Savages, June, uh, Journey Fatu, Juicy Finwa, and D-Rogue, 16 minutes and 3 seconds. This is a hard-hitting fight. This is a fight. This just feels like GCW to me when we finally have the whole S SGC crew back together. And Mance Warner commenting about, uh, was it uh, Finwad going over the top rope? I'm not yeah, catching yeah. you. Yeah, he, he's in the crowd. He's got he's, a, he's on the mic even. And he's like, no, no. I still got a robotic leg. I ain't catching your big ass. So that shit ain't <laughs> happening tonight. So good. Gotta love Mance Warner. They're the best. And, I, like, honestly... Every time they're in the ring, you know it's you're going to see something absolutely wild and crazy go down. And this lived up to the performance. Definitely want to see this ran back sometime because this is great. Next up, we had a match that we all looked at on paper and went, "This is going to be a good match," but we didn't realize how great it was truly going to be. 
the bad boy Joey Janela took on the one and only Dark Sheik with Pollo Del. Uh, sorry, with the manager of champions, Correct. Pollo Del Mar in Dark Sheik's corner. And at the end of the day, 19 minutes, 17 seconds. The high priestess of professional wrestling. The Dark Sheik defeats the bad boy Joey Janela by giving him a sick driver yeah. onto three chairs. And decided, kind of signed him off to get the pin. <laughs> yeah, this match was absolutely perfect. Uh, this was going to be the match of the weekend for me. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it was it, almost there. It was it's almost still there. a great match. Yes. You know, I will say this. This is a match you should go out of your way to see. Facts. Uh, Pollo Del Mar. Uh, you know, Joey Janelle gets that heel heat by attacking Poyo. Yeah. And then, you know, him and Dark Sheik have this phenomenal match. If you have not seen Dark Sheik wrestle, she is phenomenal. She's great. And finally getting the the, the her just desserts, man. She's finally getting the, 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 the credit that she deserves. She's a West Coast legend. Mm-hmm. She's the she's the founder of Hood Slam. She's one of the founders of of, of bringing back West Coast wrestling. And now she's getting this wonderful wonderful like place to show and having these bangers in gcw and la fights and everywhere else but dark chic definitely one to watch for her and joey janela tore the house down and i'm with you this could have been match of the night Mm -hmm. this could have been match of the weekend Mm -hmm. this would have been the best match on a lot of people's cards yes hell i I even had it there but then the main event happened oh my god and i'm gonna say this speedball mike bailey so far is in two of my match of the year contenders and this is one of them because the murder grandpa, Minoru Suzuki, defeats Speedball Mike Bailey 16 minutes and 31 seconds. But this match told the story. The strikes were hard. They were fast. You could tell that uh, Suzuki was enjoying himself a little too much. Mm-hmm. Mike Bailey enjoying himself a little too much. These both are both men are can I say it sick fucks? Yes. They got real excited and laughing and smiling the more they beat each other up. But at the end of the day, Minoru Suzuki comes out as the victor. But unlike other people, unlike Blake Christian and some others we've seen along the way, Minoru Suzuki's not one to give over the props to his opponent. I mean, at the end of the Blake Christian match, even though it was a good match, he just looked, he, he addressed the crowd. He said he loves GCW. He loves coming to GCW. GCW is his American home, is what he told the, the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's how much he loves GCW. Uh, thank the crowd in Los Angeles. Did all this in English, by the way. Yes. Which you usually do not hear Suzuki speak, you know, a ton of English and cut promos. And then said, he said, oh, he looks down at uh, Blake Christian. He goes, you know what? Fuck you. And he leave, laughs and leaves the ring. Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing. But after this match, he helped Speedball Mike Bailey up, who thought he was still going to get beat up by Suzuki, and gave him the little pat of approval. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey earned the respect of Minoru Suzuki. You know when you get in the ring with somebody and the chemistry is just there and they're feeding off the energy of the crowd and they are fully committed about proving who's the better competitor. That's what you got with this match. Bailey and Suzuki beat the holy shit out of each other. And were smiling and enjoying it the entire time. And they and the crowd was into it. Everybody at home was into it. Our watch party was going, oh my God. It was, crazy. Like, it was like, what the hell is going on here? It was one of those moments that you're not going to forget watching this match. And just seeing how they kept pushing each other. And Suzuki breaking character a little bit and like you you touch mine shaking bailey's hand at the end of the match and putting him over that's something we really don't see from suzuki that's how much he appreciated what bailey was doing and i mean what can you say about since speedball has been back in the states 
absolutely killing it right now. Uh, you, you're absolutely. Absolutely. There's no way you can uh, can say anything else about it. Yeah. It's great. It's good stuff. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see where we go from here. Uh, so now that's going to bring us. That's going to bring us to the next time you can see Game Changer Wrestling. You can see Game Changer. They're going to take a weekend off. They ran that big things. They're going to finally take a weekend off. Good for you them. will be able to see them. They will return to action and available on Fight TV. I've already got it locked in and ordered, Ken. Don't you worry. All right. Uh, they will return to action on Friday, April the 22nd, with an 8 p.m. Eastern bell time from Columbus, Ohio. They're coming to you from the first time from Ohio Ooh. with GCW Find You Again. So far, we're not going to break down the card fully, but so far, announced for that card, Alex Shelley versus Jordan Oliver. Oh, that'd be great. The Sauce, Alex Zane versus the All Elite Nick Wayne. Okay. John Wayne Murdoch versus the bad boy Joey Janela. Ooh, for the title? It doesn't say for the title, okay. but the, the ultra the GCW Ultra Violent Champion, the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch will be there. Uh All Heart, aka the best in the world, Blake Christian versus the end seeker Dante Leone. Ooh, that'll be amazing. And then it looks like we've got the second gear crew, AJ Gray, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice taking on the big Starks brand team of Billy Starks, Calvin Tankman, and Cole Radrick. Oh, and they'll be Ooh. back. And like I said, we'll be breaking this down next week's show. Uh, yeah, to, mm. for the preview. But so far announced for the next night, which is double shot. So 423 Saturday, the 23rd, also an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bell time uh, from Detroit, Michigan. The old me GCW presents the old me. And so far we have and this is definitely going to probably be for the belt. I would assume the GCW ultraviolet title will probably be on the line as the Duke of Hardcore. John Wayne Murdoch takes on Hoodfoot. Oh, that'd be a great match. The Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson versus ACH. Excellent match. The Bad Boy, Joey Janela versus Bandito. Okay. Alex Shelley versus All Elite, Nick Wayne. Ooh. And a Legend versus Legend match, Ken M. Two Cold Scorpio goes one-on-one with Minaro Suzuki. Oh, wow. So next week, we will be breaking down this card more. We will be talking about the matches that get added between now and next week. But that is what's coming up. So remember, this upcoming weekend, Easter weekend, no GCW, but for you GCW fans, the weekend after, once again, next week on this show. We will break down that and add any matches, but uh, already looking like two sick-ass cards for the Columbus, Ohio debut and the Detroit, Michigan return. GCW is clicking all cylinders ever since World on GCW. So if you are not familiar... Get familiar. There's a reason we talk about them all the time because the wrestling is that damn good. It is. It's very good. It's a great place to to be. And uh, can't wait to talk more game changer wrestling in the near future. With that being said, though, like I said, we got a shortened show this week, folks. So we're only going to take one break. So if you're we're going we're going to go to that right now. So if you're watching on Twitch, you're gonna I'm gonna toggle between the two. You're gonna see information for the ODPH. You're gonna see information for the Three Founders Podcast. But everybody, including the people listening on podcasts at home, you're going to hear the sultry sounds of our good friend Tom Jolu. Yes. The song's called The Twilight Zone. Check this song out wherever you get great music. When we come back from this break, we are going to be talking AEW and the crazy week that they've had, including Botgate, mm. <laughs> Discovery Plus, and that hell of a match that they had on AEW Rampage. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this break.
Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It is time to rumble! It is time for the short and main event yeah. of this week's 607 TWS. I don't feel bad. Between, I, I, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you something, guys. I'm sure some of you are very happy about this because we've asked a lot of you over the last couple weeks. Facts. It's been six plus hours between the two last episodes. So it's a nice little hangover feature from us. It's a nice feature for you guys to actually get to uh, hear us talk about other things. But and it was also kind of a slow week in the world of pro wrestling news. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not going to talk about all the beefs and drama. We'll get to that in a second. But before we get there. I would like to say that uh, this 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 main event segment is sponsored and will be sponsored for the near future by our good friends over at Livestream for the Cure. Yes. Which myself and Ken M, once again for the third year in a row, will be participating in to help raise money to cure cancer. Ken M, would you like to talk a little bit more about Livestream for the Cure? Very simple. Set your calendars, set your watches, set your dates for twitch.tv slash Livestream for the Cure, spelled out F-O-R. I, it will be going down May 19th through the 21st on Twitch, where we will be joining some of the best content creators on the planet, helping to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute to create a world hashtag immune to cancer. So all the information is right now on odphpodcast.com. I know someone's at 8122productions.com as well. And listen, this is an event that we are so honored to be a part of. We are, I can't go over how much this means to me personally and, and Rich about being part of this event and being some, you know, just honored to be to the party and being part of a group that is just so committed to raising money to say fuck cancer. So if you have the abilities, please support the event. At least social share it at the very, very least is something you definitely don't want to miss. You're going to be entertained. You're going to laugh. You're going to be so 
caught up in the moment of just all the content you're going to ever want to see on Twitch. And definitely drop that follow for uh, Livestream for the Cure. All the social links, like I say, we got them on the front page of ondphpodcast.com. I know 8122 Productions has them up as well. So if you need any more questions, hit us up, let us know. But definitely make sure to support that event. And we're going on last on Friday night. Yeah, we're closing Friday night down. So 11 p.m. to midnight. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to look at, you know, I, I've got some ideas i got to run past Ken. i got to do something different. Usually we've done a list in the past. Yeah. I think because we're the 11 p.m. to 12 p.m., I think we need to do some fun. I'm thinking some kind of trivia to get, get everybody involved, to get us involved. Maybe do some kind of trivia with uh, penalties or something. We'll figure it out. Maybe wrestling trivia. Okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We I'm just going to I've, I've spitball because I want to do something that's a lot of fun. If you're up at that 11 p.m. to midnight hour, it'll be a lot of fun, and we'll probably be doing some giveaways. Yeah, we got to figure out what we're doing for that, but definitely because uh, it's one day less this year. So, yes, we, yes. so that's where. But we're I mean, we can, we can do some live giveaways, and also we can do uh, building. I am going to do. We're going to do what we did last year. Uh, we'll probably be starting that in the next week or so. Of if you donate early or even on day of, mm. uh, we're going to work something out. I'm going to work something out with my uh, place of employment, which makes merchandise, and uh, we'll probably do like a shirt for you know if you do twenty dollars to the, them, not even us. You yeah. donate. Uh, we had some people do it last year. Well, we'll get it into it, but we'll donate. If you donate 20 bucks to Livestream for the Cure before or on the day of the show, just and then you send us screenshot the it. screenshot to us, then we'll give you a shirt or whatever. We're going to work that out. It's probably going to be a shirt again. Once again, we'll make the official announcement in the next couple of weeks about that because i got to cross my T's and dot my I's, get a design going, all that mm. happy jazz. So uh, just to let you guys know, we did it last year, and we had a bunch of people. Th- thank you, by the way. Yes, absolutely. For, uh, for, for donating last year, and of course, we hope you do it again. And it'll be a totally different shirt. And uh, like I said, during it, maybe we'll uh, send out like stickers and some other stuff for uh, prizes for trivia. Yeah, we'll get a swag we'll do pack something like that. I think, I, think, I think we'll do some trivia. I think I like that idea. Okay. Because trivia is good. It's a good way to get people into it. You can play a drinking game at home with people who drink. If you don't drink, you can do something else. No, Ken M doesn't drink. No. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe I'll take a shot if I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Well, yeah. I ain't doing nothing with spice again. Yeah. And my butthole hurt a lot uh, last time. <laughs> with that being said, though, ladies and gentlemen, enough about, you know, that. Once again, live stream for The Cure. We're very happy to be back. And uh, the goal this year is $20,000, I do believe, which is doable. Last year we did uh, almost there. We almost got there last year. So happy to be back. All right. Let's dive in. Let's do Shall it. we? Uh, let's start off on a positive note. The most positive note. We'll do positive, funny, logical talk that nobody wants to have. Okay. I think that sounds the right. That's so, good. So the positive note, of course, AEW Rampage this past week. Mm-hmm. For the first time and as long as I can remember, I even watched live. Which yeah, I have, say, I've, you... I've always been doing other things, whether it's GCW or West Coast Pro or watching some other wrestling show. Because honestly, folks... I never thought it was destination television. I know some people can shit on me. That's fine. I'm also the guy who watches zero out of seven hours of WWE programming. That's right. There's seven hours of WWE programming and I watch zero a week. So you can't call me a WWE drone. Sorry. Sorry, my AEW fans. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that it's just it, to me, it's never been a big deal. And if I do catch it, I watch the first match and I'm done. Because for the longest time, that was the, the MO of booking that show. However, you did that, you missed out because the main event of this past week's AEW Rampage, which was talked about because it was filmed, of course, on Wednesday, was the match between Wheeler Yuta, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, and the former AEW Champion of the World, better yet, the reigning, undisputed GCW World's Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley. 
And it lived up to the hype, folks. Yes, it did. I heard a lot of this stuff on the internet, and everybody was saying how great it was. I'm like, ah, you know, I've heard this before. We've broken it down before. But, man, I saw that match and went, eh, lived up to the hype. How do you feel about Wheeler Yuta one-on-one with John Moxley this past week on Rampage? This was the best t- match I've ever seen Wheeler Yuta in. And even in defeat, he still won and still made an impact. But the question that I pose now is, where are we going from here? Because when I see this storyline going, this reminds me of Fight Club. And this reminds me of Wheeler Yuta being Jared Leto's character, sitting outside the house until Brad Pitt lets him in and you know he has to earn, earn the respect. That's what we're seeing here. So now the question is going to be, can he switch over to wherever he's going to be in the Blackpool Combat Club? Because he has to change the gimmick. He has to change the look. He has to change everything. Because he can't stay like the best friend Wheeler Yuta that we've seen. And if they do it right, I think he's got a big upside to him. How far? I don't know. Because then again, we're still talking what is going to be the incarnation of Ring of Honor that he's going to be the pure champion for. Are they going to keep the belt? Would they get rid of it? We don't know. Drew, I thought it was a very good match. Um, You know, hey... Uh, I'm always critical of uh, the usage of blood on like smaller shows because yeah. I mean Rampage is not dynamite, but in this case it worked for the storyline. I'll give it that. Uh, I thought it was a very good match. I like the storyline. This is one of those is one of those times where I'm like, oh, they're hitting a good storyline. No, uh, jury's out on how it ends because mm-hmm. we still have to get to there. But so far, so good. I'm I'm liking what I see and uh, definitely star making performance for Wheeler Yuta. So we got to see where they go from there. But kudos to Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley for putting on one hell of a show. Yes. All right. You know what? It's time, man. And if you've heard that music before, that means that Tony Khan said some dumb shit this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tony. TK. Uncle Tony. I shouldn't say uncle. We were the same age. Man. Ah, where do I begin? Okay. Let's just read the fucking statement first and we'll yeah. go from there. How about that? Because this is just, like, wild. So, the other day. <laughs> come on. Tony Khan's got his bots working against me to read this to you guys, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, the other day, by the other day, I mean April the 8th at 1.18 p.m., Tony Khan wrote, and I quote on Twitter, an independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-AEW online community aren't real individuals. It's a staff running thousands of accounts plus an army of bots to signal boost them. Look closely. Look closely. These aren't real people. Who'd pay for such a wildly expensive thing? And he didn't put wildly in quotations. He put stars next to it, which is weird. Oh, boy. Let's unpack this. So, first of all, before I before we just keep unpacking it, I want to address the criticism I saw some, some folks online about reading comprehension. And I think that they need a lesson in reading comprehension. Mm-hmm. So, let's, 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 let's go reading comprehension because I comprehend things pretty well. <clears throat> So the first part, an independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch anti-AEW online community aren't real individuals. Comma. It's a staff running thousands of accounts plus an army of bots to signal boost them. Period. Look closely. Comma. These aren't real people. Period. And then the allegation, who'd pay for such a wildly expensive thing Question mark. Mm. 
Well, we can already break down the last part. He's trying to throw shade and say WWE is paying for it, which is not true. That this is, we'll break it down. But I've heard people reading comprehension because everybody gently jumped to, oh, he called everybody who doesn't like AEW a bot. And they were like, no, reading comprehension. He said there was real people in offices and then there was bots. Yeah, but two different times, he says they're not real, quote unquote, mm-hmm. AEW anti-online community aren't real people, comma, it's a staff running thousands of accounts, which then that would mean that's real people, but he said it aren't real people. Right. Then the plus sign, an army of bots to signal boost them, period, look closely, comma, these aren't real people. Once again, he says, aren't real individuals, and then goes on to say these aren't real people. So where is the reading comprehension that he didn't call people bots? Oh, please. Oh, please. My reading comprehension people. Mm -hmm. It's a dumb argument, by the way. That's all I want to point out because I just want to make you look fucking stupid. This is a truly dumb fucking statement. First of all, it's contradictory because in the same breath, he says they aren't real individuals. They said it's a staff running thousands of accounts, which means they should be real fucking individuals. Yeah. He doesn't say how big the staff is. But you don't need a large staff. I understand how bots work. I understand how, how shit stirrers work, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand how signal boosting works. He's not wrong there. I get if, if, if this was true, he's not wrong. Right. But two different times he says they're not real people. Not real individuals. Quote, unquote, community aren't real individuals. And then later on, these aren't real people. But if it's a staff of people, that means they are real people. Yeah. What he actually meant, and I understand, because that's going to be the next knock that you try to get... Not stupid is that he's saying that they're hired people. So they're not real feelings. I doubt that fucking highly because I know a ton of people personally who don't like AEW and write statements about how they don't like AEW and they are real people who are not being paid by a single fucking person. Facts. This is so bad that shortly thereafter, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer had the privilege of trying to walk this back. And then the army, the real army, that are real people, they're not bots, unfortunately, of AEW apologists started their comprehension shit and the fact that WWE is sabotaging them because they obviously care how much money that AEW isn't making. Can we get past this tribalism bullshit? So before we jump into the tribalism bullshit, because I really want to jump on this one, the statement how do you read the statement? Was am I reading comprehension wrong or am I right? Or do you have a different terminology you would like to use? And what do you think about the statement itself? You read it correctly. And I'm sorry. Like, why is this even a thing? Like, this is one of those moments that if you're trying to use this to rally your fan base, because this is the way I'm trying to read this, and really try to, you know investigate something about why the anti AEW people, I guess or bots or whatever you want to define it as you're really trying to make this like a rally cry to your fan base to for what? Like I, I like, I just didn't even get this whole point. It was just like, if you're trying to say like WWE is trying to go after you, we have said this time and time again, they don't care. Well, the the problem I think is here, and we're, we're I'm, I'm going to read a, and this is me reading. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I, I want to go opinion. Well, no, no, like that. You were just going off of the statement. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's just the way the statements written. But here's the opinion portion. This is what I think. 
We have seen the tide turn on the IWC. We've seen yeah. the tide turn on the internet. There was a long period of time where AEW was staunchly defended at every turn. Mm-hmm. Where if you even dared say that this match wasn't great or this wasn't good or whatever, there was a lot of attacking going on, the toxicity. And once again, to be fair, the WWE marks do the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one, you know, so it's one and the same. We've always said it. Toxic wrestling Twitter is horrible. That's why we don't involve ourselves with it. But here's what I'm going to say. Now the tide has finally started to turn, which is going to happen, Tony. The tide was, was always going to turn at some point because the one problem is on the internet, which you don't realize is these are real people. For the most part, I'm sure there's some bots out there. I'm sure, sure. there's some fucking morons because that's what happens. But that's because people like to watch the world burn. But most of the people in toxic wrestling Twitter are... are are one of three things. We've said it before, and I'll say it again. They're either super big WWE Universe marks mm. that are toxic, they're super big AEW marks who are toxic, mm. or they're fucking trolls who don't watch either, don't give a shit, but they know that they can rile up the internet because that's what they do. Yeah. So they pick groups of people. These are the same people who will go into Star Wars conversations or Lord of the Rings conversations or insert Harry Potter, insert whatever, and leave little fucking things to get the reaction they want. And the wrestling community just hands it to them, so they're going to do it, Tony. So in one aspect, some of them aren't fans of wrestling, but that still doesn't mean they're not real people. Yeah. That means that they're getting the reaction they want. Now, the other two is the the two tribalist sides that are fighting that everybody's starting to get tired of. And you saw these with the statements of this. People are like, can we just fucking stop? Mm-hmm. Like, this is where it jumps the shark. And what, what Tony Khan is doing, and this is, and, and sorry, this is why I don't stand for this, is he's trying to rally that toxic fan base, what she's done in the past. And you guys can deny the shit if you want to, but it's real. It's right here. Why do you put the tagline, oh, it's wildly expensive. Who would pay for that? First of all, bots aren't wildly expensive. Mm-hmm. I, could, I, I, I am in the podcast content create business. I've never used bots. Same here. I know a lot of our friends have never used bots. Mm-hmm. But we also know people who have. Mm-hmm. And we know people who have them right now. Uh-huh. I know that there's certain hashtags I can hashtag right now that will spam my shit out. Because they have bots working on that hashtag to retweet my shit. I know those ones, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not shitting on anything. Is, yep. Those people aren't paying a wild amount of money for those. Mm-hmm. It's real cheap nowadays. As a matter of fact, if you watch a Twitch stream like ours at any given time, you'll have somebody offer their services. Yeah. A bot offer me their services. And if you click on the link, it's not to scam you. It legitimately tells you how much to pay them to make it look like you have bigger numbers. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care if there's only three viewers currently when I'm looking at it live watching or, you know, we've grown it every week and it's gotten bigger and the rewatch. And then I I can tell you the download numbers. All of them are good. Yeah. Like, and I'm not here to brag about it. I I just don't need bots to do it. And we don't have bots. But I can tell you that it's not wildly expensive to buy bots. It's actually really affordable and cheap. Yeah, it's crazy. And most of the people who are trolls on the Internet have bots. Because all they're doing is fucking watching the world burn. Mm -hmm. And they get off on fucking watching people do shitty, stupid things. But I digress. It is what it is, Tony. The weird part about it is this is just a dumb fucking statement to make. So you're saying that nobody... So you're saying that not a single real person who watches pro wrestling cannot like AEW. That's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And that's the fucking reading comprehension, right? 
Is that, is that am I somebody? No, Padawan J, you're in chat. I know because you just put bots don't help or hurt TV ratings. Uh, I so don't understand why the fuck he did this. Exactly. But I'm, I'm just asking you because I know you're in chat because I just read that. Am I reading too much into saying that he is making the statement that if you don't like AEW and you're not an AEW fan, you're not a real person? Perception is reality. That's how it kind of comes off as. Or actually, sorry, the comprehension part is if you're a real person, you have to like it. See, it's a positive, not a negative. It's how the comprehension it, it, for our comprehension friends go. It's how it, it's how you retain it. But I mean, it, like I say, this is a rally cry to that fan base. But you're just stirring up such a weird response because, like, I understand what he's trying to do, but it doesn't read that way. And this is another situation where it's like your fan base has started turning a little bit for whatever reason. Like, let's be honest. You can say, take case in point, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte, and listen to the live crowd reaction. You can start seeing that certain wrestlers are starting to get a little booze, and it's kind of reflecting back on the company in, in certain ways. This is my opinion of this. So that being said, this is just dumb to make. And why? Like, why would you even put this out in, out in the world? Like, I just, I don't get it. Allegedly, too much Herb Abrams dust. Uh, Padawan J says that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying I'm not a real person. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right. Pat is a robot. Um, and of course, you know, you had some people. I'm not going to mention names. Uh, TK can't, can't stop taking dubs mm-hmm. from his thing. Uh, then you have like real quite. I mean, he couldn't help himself in the thread to this. He keeps asking like in the thread to this. He goes on to be like, ever wonder why so much of the activity of these accounts is retweets and replies? Question mark. Like who actually has 80 percent of their activity as straight up retweets? A lot of fucking people, actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have you been on Twitter? Okay. Uh, somebody else then points out, and this is logical, and I'm sure they ate shit for it. I'm not going to dive into it. Somebody else points out, what about all the accounts that attack fans when they critique the smallest thing? Question mark. Are those bot, bot in quotations, pro AEW accounts? Question mark. Who is running those, Tony? Fair enough. Because if you go through this enough, you'll find everybody attacking somebody. Mm-hmm. Are those pro AEW bots? And are you paying for those? So if everybody is, so it works both ways, right? So nobody's allowed to dislike anything. Like, it just is dumb. It's opinions. If somebody doesn't like your wrestling company or doesn't like your product, that's fine. It's not fucking personal against you. Yeah. Listen, worry about the product. Worry about the TV stuff. Worry about the things you should be worrying about. And stop worrying about what somebody's saying about you on the internet. That's what I take offense to. I have nothing. This only just stirs toxicity because now the tribalism's in. Now half of the half of the field is laughing and, and pointing and, and saying, huh? Oh, guess we're all bots. Yeah. And then the AW people are going toxic, like, oh, and then it's not what they meant. It's not what they said. Hey, you guys see stupid WWE drones. But you could say the same thing about AEW drones. You guys have the same fucking response. Mm-hmm. How fucking dumb do you want to sound? And all these fucking apologists in the so called wrestling content creation world. Where's sucking Tony Khan's dick really gotten you? Nowhere. It's gotten a lot of your videos taken down, though. AW copyright strikes are a motherfucker, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But winner of the week, I got to give a point out before I move off of this because it's just stupid. It's dumb. And if you rally behind this comment and you're listening to this show, I really I kind of want to know what the fuck is wrong with you. Yeah. Like if you really believe that, your life is fucking dumb. Sorry. And if you took that as an insult and you don't want to listen anymore, that's fine. If you want to debate me on that, that's also fucking fine. <laughs> 
get ready because I'm not going to be nice. No, this, yeah. Because this is just the dumbest shit you could ever say on the internet. And because you guys encourage this asshole, he's going to keep saying dumb shit. He is the Donald Trump of fucking wrestling. And it, when are you guys going to realize that? AEW, to succeed, needs to get rid of Tony Khan. I said it. I said what we're all thinking. Mm-hmm. There's AEW fans in this thread who have all elite in their titles that are like, listen, Tony, you need to stay off of Twitter. Yeah. Tony, you need to give over like the wrestling operations to a, a wrestling booker. Tony, I think you're taking this a little too far. This is dumb. Mm-hmm. Completely. But we're going to be the bad guys because we called out how stupid it sounds. When if you ever hear it out loud, how dumb do you sound defending it? Yeah. By the way, winner tweet of the week. Uh, somebody took a Photoshop Tony Khan's face on Tony Montana when he sat at the <laughs> desk with a giant bags of cocaine <laughs> from Scarface, if you know that. And uh, their quote was, watching you self-destruct on Twitter is far more entertaining than your shows. Now I see why Cody dipped. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, uh, I, I will give this man a shout out. At Mast Rider. Rider spelled R-Y-D-E-R. The Midnight Bot is his, uh, is his uh, subtitle for right now because I Obviously, he's having fun with it. Wow. But you guys are mad about that? That's fucking creative. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. The only reason we're bringing it up on this show is how dumb it is. I just want people to fucking acknowledge how stupid it is Mm -hmm. and how dumb it would be to defend something like that. What does that have to do with a wrestling product or wrestling? What? These are the same people. And I know a lot of you who will argue against me. These are the same people who always say when we talk about toxic wrestling Twitter or anybody talks about toxic wrestling Twitter who have had conversations with us and others who will say, well, you know what? You should understand what, how the internet works and not get offended by it. Well, I don't get offended by it. I just don't like reading stupidity, so I don't read it. That's the difference. But some people do get offended by it. Mm-hmm. But they are saying that. But meanwhile, they read this and they're like, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh, so also I want to point out you for years, they've talked about how stupid WWE drones are. So now we found out the WWE drones are bots. So in reality, WWE fans must not be stupid. According to them, you got to have it one way or another reading comprehension. Also knowing how to have logic and a fucking thought for yourself. No, 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 nothing, nothing from nothing, nothing from the peanut gallery. If you're mad at home, trust me. If you are a Kool-Aid drinker, or now I've changed it because of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I've changed it to the AEW clowns that never want to debate. This is true. Uh, I'm going to give my hot takes on the internet, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm thinking about creating all elite podcast number 595 because they're everywhere. So I can tell the truth and say things that people are going to be offended by. No, I say things people get offended by, and nobody wants to fucking argue about them because... They're logical and you can't argue. Go ahead. I'd, I'd love to have fun sometime. We give you the fucking wide open queue. Mm-hmm. And I know you watch because I see the numbers and the downloads. Yeah. Hi. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello. Fuck. Guys, you're kidding me. Stop being the internet idiot and start just being real about it and let's like wrestling. I think AEW is fine. I think that they should focus on certain things to make themselves better, but I think they're fine. I definitely don't need to see fucking dumb tweets on the internet, though. They have even more dumb tweets, because then I got to see the WWE people laughing about it and you fighting back and forth, and it's dumb. It makes me just want to be like, fuck this. I don't want to be on this fucking tool. Mm. Because I'm not offended. Because I can offend. Trust me. <laughs> if you've ever heard me talk shit, you know, I, I have no problem oh, yeah. offending people. But here's the, my problem. It's just annoying. But for what? For What does that prove? 
What does it what does it prove that you can say stupid shit and look like an idiot? Huh? What? Good lord. Good lord. Now I know why Stone Cold came up with the what's. Yeah. Uh, Pat says, considering how much TK's dad is worth, TK is sure writing some checks his ass can't cash. Well, the problem is, is that his dad's worth money, but how much of that is literally liquid? We're going to talk about that in a second, which is a fun story to make because logic, we're bringing logic back to wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to talk about an issue that I know, and I've seen it being ducked and dodged everywhere, and I'm sure there's the AEW fans who are already fucking fired up are going to be angry about this one. But it's something that you have to start facing a fact on. And I'm going to say it in an eloquent way because that's what I do. And I'm going to explain it in an eloquent way mm. that it might get through. Just hear it out. The problem with AEW right now might not have anything to do with the wrestling in the ring, the overspending on the roster, the, you know, stupid fucking Tony Khan tweets. No, 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 no. There's a bigger fish to fry that AEW fans need to face. And that is the fact that the company who puts your television product out, was just bought by Discovery. It's not a merger like they said. Mm -hmm. It is a buyout. Discovery is now laying off everybody who had stuff to do with uh, HBO Max. The guy who gave the deal to Tony Khan was gone two weeks ago. Yeah. So, what does that mean? Now, you hear on the internet and you hear a lot of dumbasses Notice I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. You're a lot of dumbasses saying they're like, oh, Discovery just bought that. That means AEW's done. They're going to pull the plug. Not necessarily. Ha, 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 ha. You hear that from the one side. Yeah. And the other side's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's fake news. Uh, they make too much money. Their ratings are too high. Without sources, by the way. Uh, you know, so you have both sides. Let me, let me lead you through the muck of the swamp. Sure. In the facts. The fact is, Discovery did buy Warner Media. Mm-hmm. The fact is, the old guard, Warner Media, is gone. Whether they keep that name or not, I don't think they are. As last I checked, they're keeping the Discovery name. Yeah, it's like a it's a weird hybrid. It's a weird hybrid. But once again, don't be fooled. This is not a merger. This was a takeover. Just like when AOL took over Time Warner. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. There's a reason why I said it. I'm giving you the, uh, have you ever seen the Donnie Darko director's cut? Mm-hmm. Where they do the dumb shit about, hey, pay attention to this. You're going to have to hear it. This is how I'm walking you through. I hate that shit, but I'm going to walk you through this way because it works out that way. So pay attention. I said AOL Time Warner, Ken M. Yes. AOL Time Warner. Coming back to it. So Warner Media, which was formerly AOL Time Warner before AT&T bought it, and now is part of Discovery or whatever they're going to call it, doesn't really matter. They have stated on record, the CEO of Discovery has stated on record that he is looking to put more PG programming across all of their platforms because it does the highest in advertisement revenue for the company. So you see, they would know this because nobody, and we talk about this on the Three Fenders podcast this week, and I want to get your opinion here because it's kind of sad. Nobody really thought Discovery was stacking money like that. I was, I'm not, I can't be the only one that when I heard Discovery was buying Warner Media. Didn't go, where the fuck did Discovery get money from? Mm-hmm. Well, you know where they got money from? All that time that they were putting on those TLC progr- programs that we all shit out. Uh, the name is Warner Brothers yeah, Discovery, according up. to Pat. Okay, yep. so thank you, Pat Jay. So see, the Warner Brothers Discovery. Discovery's still front and center, folks. Here's the thing. The, you know, all those channels that they had, like A&E and all those, you know, those storage war shows. Believe it or not, they made a shit ton of fucking uh, the revenue. Mm-hmm. And they stacked it up and they bought Warner Media, which is a pretty penny. 
So anyways, he has said he wants more PG programming across all because that's how you get advertisement dollar. I mean, they would know. Even though the fucking eight and Kate and Kate and whatever plus eight or whatever the fuck that show is, or because I don't watch any of that, those TLC fucking train wreck shows. Yeah. Think about it. They're all PG. They're just train wreck shows. Storage Wars with PG, mm. just train wreck show. And I'm not saying anything against AEW here because they're not PG. Yeah. I am just saying that that is a statement. So that is going to be concerning in the future. Are they going to make AEW change what they do? If you don't believe they can, they absolutely can because if they don't change, they can yank you from the air. Mm. So that is a possibility. Does, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it is a real possibility. So you can't say, oh, they won't do that. They can do that. It is in their p- capability. Shows get canceled all the time. That's what you're going to hear next. They have a contract. Shows get canceled all the time. Ask people who got laid off from WWE how contracts work and getting yeah. laid off. At any time, Discovery could say, eh. We don't want you on our TV anymore. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Just like that. The end of the day. The most likely thing that we have to watch out for, and mind you, I am not wishing this. I am wishing the opposite. I am hoping that AEW doesn't get affected at all. I'm hoping the shows go on as normal. This is honest to God. I swear to God to it. I'm hoping everything's fine because I really don't want people to lose their jobs. I don't want there to go back to being just one dominant brand in wrestling. Mm -hmm. I want there to be a little bit of, uh, you know, stir to shit as far as competition. Competition does breed the best out of everybody. Sure. Real competition if it ever gets there. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. And remember I said, remember AOL Time Warner. Mind you what? Warner Media is AOL Time Warner, which was formerly Time Warner, which was formerly Turner. Mm Mm-hmm. All the same company, by the way. Yeah. Here's the reason I said remember AOL Time Warner. WCW is owned by who? AOL Time Warner. No. They originally were owned by Time Warner. Time Warner, yeah. Ted Turner. Ted Turner owned Turner Television. Mm -hmm. Then he turned it into Time Warner. He owned that. He bought WCW back in 1990, I think it was, 1991. Yeah, somewhere around there. Turned it into World Championship Wrestling. Before then, it was Crockett Promotions. We don't have to go through the whole list. Sure. We know the Monday Night Wars began in 1995. Mm -hmm. Monday Nitro debuted. Monday Night Raw going strong. Monday Night Raw was two years old at that point. Monday Nitro, brand new. Shortly thereafter, the NWO, the Dominance. We all know the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. What you might not remember is, and we've mentioned this on the show before, during the Monday Night Wars was the hottest time for pro wrestling. When WCW was beating WWE in the ratings, they were doing like a 5.33 or 6.33 to WWE's like 3.5 or 4. Mm-hmm. What that means for everybody is there was 10 to 11 million people watching wrestling every week yeah. between the two shows on Monday night. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. It's amazing. Right now, we're looking at a world where combined, combined every wrestling product on television between AEW and WWE isn't even going over 8 million. No, you're right. I'm doing the math in my head, yeah. We're SmackDown roughly is about two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. We're gonna say we'll say we'll even say two and a half. We'll go on the top. Raw's one and a half. Right. We'll go up to the top. So that's three, four, so that's four, four million. NXT is like six hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh five hundred, six hundred thousand. Rampage, like five hundred, six hundred thousand. So we'll say another million. So we're at five million, correct? Mm-hmm. AEW does about a million. Yeah, so six. So we're saying six million dollars. So between all those products, not even eight million. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of the Monday Night Wars, it was actually the high point was like twelve million. But it, the, it averaged between 10 and 11 million a week between the two programs. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is important because that's how it fluctuates. So now let's fast forward to WCW in the year 2001. What happened in WCW in the year 2001? Well, they got sold. Right. Now, when they had started losing the war, if you go back and look at the numbers, it, WWE was beating them about six million mm-hmm. to about two or th- between two to three million. Right. So two to three million people were still watching WCW Nitro, even as the company was dying. Yeah. What happened was AOL bought Time Warner. Once again, they called it AOL Time Warner. They called it a merger. It was a takeover. Right. They took them over and was became the owners. Yeah. Right. At the time, Eric, they knew that, first of all, AOL said, we don't want to own a wrestling company. So Eric Bischoff got some investors together. They were going to buy World Championship Wrestling. Well, when he went to buy World Championship Wrestling, what did the AOL execs tell Eric Bischoff? We don't want it on TV. We'll sell you the, we'll sell you the company, but we're not going to give you the time slots on television. We don't want wrestling on TNT or TBS. Period. Mm. We don't have any time for you. So we'll sell you the company, but you'll have no TV time. And Eric Bischoff famously said, well, then the company's worth nothing. Right. The TV time is what makes the company valuable. So AOL turned around and sold the company to Vince McMahon for pennies on the dollar. Basically, Vince paid for the fucking video library, and he got all the physical stuff and trademarks. Mm-hmm. But he paid like some ridiculous lot. I think it was like $5 million. Yeah, to the point that Chris Jericho said that he could have probably bought it at the time if he knew what he paid. Yeah, it was like five or three. Or it was something some super stupid. low. So, for years, everybody argues what killed WCW. Was it Vince Russo? Was it Eric Bischoff? Was it the shitty booking? And I mean, they all had the parts of what not killing WCW. They all had the parts of the, the tide turning and people watching WWE. Yeah, death blow was AOL. But they were still pulling two to three million people a week on Nitro. Mm-hmm. They were canceled by the network. Because mm-hmm. even when Vince bought it, he was like, well, can I get a time slot? Mm-hmm. Because he originally was thinking about running WCW as a separate entity. And then they tested it out because they were going to turn Monday Night Raw into Monday Nitro and SmackDown into Raw. I don't know if you guys remember that story or know that story, but that's yeah, a real story. Yeah, that was a weird... And then there was a main event on famously on Raw between Booker T and Buff Bagwell that was the drizzling shits, and they pulled the plug on the idea, and that's what fucked the invasion. Mm-hmm. The invasion was fucked because none of the stars came over because they were all on guaranteed contracts sitting at home. But they were still going to try to make something happen, and uh, yeah. 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 Anyways, I digress. So the important takeaway here and what you guys have to understand is that AOL took over Time Warner. They didn't want to own a wrestling company and they didn't want it on their TVs. So they sold the wrestling company and took away the TV time. Even if they wouldn't have sold WCW, WCW would have been off the air because they were canceling the time slot. So, so, uh, with that being said, no matter what you blame it on, well, that show was still doing two to three million Viewers a week, which is higher than anything AEW does currently. It is as high as what SmackDown does. It's higher than what Raw does. Mm. And even back then, that was a large amount of households. Am I not correct? No, you're correct. They still pulled the fucking plug. So the belief that Discovery doesn't come in and go, we don't want wrestling on TNT or TBS and goes, fuck you, we're kicking you off. Mm-hmm could be a real thing once again hope it doesn't happen but to tell somebody that it can't happen is dumb yeah well tony khan has all this money it doesn't matter how much money you have he doesn't own the station 
Well, they do a better rating than what's on TNT and TBS. You're right. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't own the station. Well, they, they, they're bringing more eyes on those products. You're right. But he doesn't own the station. No matter what you say, WCW failed because of a lot of reasons, but the reason that they ultimately died was because AOL, when they bought Time Warner, went, we're pulling the fucking plug. Hmm. Boop. And they were at more viewers and had more advertisement revenue than AEW currently does. Those are just facts, folks. Once again, not saying it's going to happen, but the realism of, of, of people have to have it in their mind. My biggest issue of all of this is tied into this is Tony Khan saying on Friday that he met that day with Warner Media, ex or his people at Warner, his people. Yeah, his people at His Warner people Media. at Warner Media to discuss Ring of Honor TV time slot. Warner Media is dead. His people there are gone. It wasn't worded, I met with new management. Mm -hmm. It wasn't worded anything. We only have the statements that the CEO of Discovery has made, and we have over here what's going on. Now, mind you, nothing might happen. Yeah, it could be all for nothing. That's fine. I hope that's the case. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm not wishing to guess it. By the way, Pat says, pinning one thing to the fall of WCW is like pinning one thing on the Titanic sinking. There were a lot of factors that led to it. Exactly. But the death blow is the loss of TV. Mm -hmm. No TV, no show. Is there anything in there you want to touch upon before I move on? No, I mean, that's the whole thing. If you're not on TV and you're AEW, this is a worst case scenario that you probably are not even thinking about. And trying to you know tell the fan base that you're negotiating time when you're not i mean we don't know what the fallout is going to be with the new merger of warner brothers discovery nobody does nobody does so all bets are off as far as programming goes until they they announce who's going to be running what and they and there's some real solid information coming out yeah on top of that pad can probably look it up real quick for us uh they've they've laid off and are laying off i do believe 500 plus people is what Discovery is laying off from Warner Media. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're against it's something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, if you can get that number quick, that's fine. If not, that's fine. It's somewhere around there. Think about that. So they don't obviously care about motherfuckers' jobs. <laughs> well, like, I mean, they've already come in and gone. It's our way, and that's it. We're not. We're not keeping your people. We're not keeping them around in their positions. We're replacing everybody, and it's our system. This is what happens with business and takeovers. Exactly. Yeah. But that, that's why I'm saying we have to treat this like it's a real thing. You can't have tribalism and start yelling dumb shit on the internet. It may never happen, and God bless it doesn't. I don't know what the percentage is on that. You know why? Because I don't know what they're going to do. They just took over on Friday. Yeah. There's no way they're already going to have a system in place. It would be scary if they already had a system in place. Holy shit. But I doubt that. I doubt they're going to look at everything. They're going to look at their returns. They're going to look at all the sorts of crazy stuff. That's what they're going to do. You probably won't see anything come out of this for a month or two. Yeah, in would, my opinion. I would say the earliest we would see some sort of idea would be right around July 4th. Agreed. That, Agreed. That's that, where I would say. That would be the next quarter of the year. Yep. And it would give them time to really investigate who's making money, where their ad revenue is coming from, where it stands in competition with other people, where they're, you know, where, where are we investing in, what aren't mm. we investing in, what should we invest in. 
Yeah. I think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered before we get to that point, but to make fun of people online for bringing it up. And I understand there's assholes out here. Like I said, I already don't agree with the assholes who are like, oh, this is going to happen. No, because it's not going to Nobody knows. But it is a fucking possibility. So to staunchly be like, to use like things like he has money, this and that, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he does not own mm-hmm. Discovery. And at the end of the day, he doesn't have enough money to buy Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just saw a list come out of the 10 richest sports club owners in the world. Mm-hmm. 10 richest sports clubs owners in the world. Only one was in the NFL, and it wasn't Shad Khan. It was a dude that got his money from uh, Amazon. Oh. oh uh, he owns, uh, not Tennessee. He owns one of the small teams. This is irrelevant. Mm. Uh, Pat says, Discovery paid something like $40 billion for this merger. They're going to want to make that money back fairly quickly. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who's going to make us money and who are we wasting money on. What side does AEW fall on? Time will tell. Exactly. Facts. That's why right now, let's enjoy it. Let's support it. And this is the time... AEW fans, that instead of having the pitchforks and all that stuff, let's start bringing people in. Mm. Let's start welcoming the casual fans. Let's get those numbers up. Let's tune in every week. Let's make sure we're buying pay-per-views and merchandise and whatever else it could be, whatever matrix that could be handed to Discovery to say, hey, this is profitable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there. The other big concern for AEW should always be with this new brand do they want to be in the hunt for WWE? Yeah, that's Because thing. what's coming up next year is the WWE television deals. And we already know that Universal and Fox are both going to be in the fray. They've mm. already said it. We know Disney's in the fray because they want it on ABC, presumably. Yeah. That's what I'm presuming. Lots of people are in the fray. Does Discovery go, hey, look at this company that made fucking a billion dollars in profit? last year it's going to make over a billion dollars of profit this year and this is where folks when you talk about oh it doesn't matter money doesn't equal entertainment you're absolutely right you're absolutely right it doesn't equal entertainment but what it does in the business world is equal getting big deal contracts Mm -hmm. and there was a great breakdown by brandon thurston the other day about wwe's financials because they're a publicly traded company and one of the important keys is you always hear how they make all this money off of the Saudi blood money and how, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Come to find out it's a very small piece of their income. Yeah. Although it outweighs a bunch of live events when you compare it to the, the Saudi shows thus far have made more than every gate for every WrestleMania combined. It's made more than AEW has sold tickets and everything else ten, by 10 times. Yeah, it's wild. You hear all these crazy numbers, which are all real numbers. And then you look at their thing and it's like this big. And then it's other revenue is like this big. And then this big gigantic thing in the middle is TV deals. Mm-hmm. It's a company that's made over a billion dollars. Off of their TV deals. Hmm. 1.5 from Universal for the Raw deal. 1.75 for the uh, Fox deal. And then another $3 billion for the Peacock deal for five years. Both the Fox and the USA deal are coming up this year. AEW, on the other hand, has a $145 million deal for three years. Oh, they, sorry, they extended it to four. Right. But $145 million is what their deal was for. That's on the books. You can see mm-hmm. it. Big player, little player. It's okay. That doesn't say anything about, and that's not saying that somebody's better than the other person because of money, because they're not. AEW can have the best in-ring quality. The problem is when we when you talk about those, when people want to get on these rating things and the demos and stuff, what really matters is who's making money in the corporate world. 
WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, is making money in the corporate world. Whether you like it or not, that's just how it is. AEW is not. And unfortunately, that puts them in a weird spot where if Discovery decides to go another way, puts them in a weird spot. And I don't think Vince McMahon is going to take a deal from Discovery despite AEW, so don't don't put that in my mouth. Right. I'm just saying Discovery might be in that hunt. And if they are, they're not going to keep both wrestling companies on. No. One will go. Especially and, if they want PG programming. Exactly. They're going to go with the one that's already PG. And the one that's going to go is going to be AEW. I mean, that's it's, it's the business sense of it because... By the way, best case scenario is that. Mm-hmm. And you want to know why? Because that means there's going to be a hole over at Universal or Fox or wherever that AEW could try to slide into. Yeah. All those standards and practices are a little harder on those companies. But they could still slide in. The worst part for them right now would be that Discovery just says, eh, we're pulling the plug on you because we don't want you on our TV. Because where do you go then? Because currently, what major channels are left that aren't owned by Universal, who has business dealings with WWE, or Fox, who has business dealings with WWE? And then on top of that, you have Disney in the fray in the background, who already owns the rights for the foreign WWE network market. So that means they are in the pie of WWE too. So all the major television network owners, notwithstanding smaller TV stations like Vice and stuff like that, are all owned by those those conglomerates that are in business with with Vince McMahon and World Wrestling Entertainment. The only one that maybe isn't fully connected is CBS Viacom. True. But that's a long shot though. But I don't know what they're in the wrestling business. Yeah, they've never been. I mean, there's been no inclination about it. I mean, well, the closest they got was what? The MTV show Wrestling Society yeah, yeah, X yeah, or yeah. whatever it was. But that didn't last long, so I mean, that's kind of the temp in the room. I mean, granted, times have changed, but would that be something that, that would be your only hope in that's that scenario? Only, that, yeah, but that's a long shot, right? That's your only hope of a major network, right? Everything else would be under the fucking business dealings of one Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and they're not going to want to piss Vince off, yeah, because they make more money there. Like that's what everybody has. And once again, I hope none of this happens. I hope this conversation is just a conversation to explain that this could happen. It is a possibility. You look into it. Do the research for yourself, and you'll find out it's a possibility. The easiest way to put it is WCW got janked, and they had more viewers. Uh, Pat says, hashtags and social media posts don't equal revenue. You're not wrong. Definitely not wrong about that. Hold on. We'll give you a point for it. I mean, you're not wrong, (laughs) but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good Lord. And once again, I'm on the side of let's keep AEW on television. So that's why I'm saying right now as AEW fans – there, there needs to be an opposite take. And I'm not saying that we're going to get rid of toxicity in the wrestling community because it's not going to fucking happen. But let's try to do the old welcome arms thing. Let's try to bring in the casual fans to watch AEW so those numbers grow. Mm-hmm. The higher the numbers, the more undeniable it is to keep it on television. Yeah. The higher the numbers on pay-per-view, that's another stat that they can give to the company. The higher the numbers on, you know, whatever. You know, YouTube even. Like YouTube clips, fucking any kind of like social clips, any posts, those numbers, like from the company, likes, shares, especially YouTube views, those are all things that actually cable companies do take into account mm. because it looks like how marketable the product is. And that's really going to be what it comes down to at the end of the day. Once again, we won't know anything about this discovery deal. I agree with you, probably until July. Yeah, at the earliest. But one thing that could become clear soon is, once again, it is on record, reported by. Not reported by Brian or Brian Alvarez or Dave Meltzer or any of those guys that don't know what the fuck they're talking about in entertainment news, but Variety mm-hmm. and Deadline and The Hollywood Reporter, all institutes that are looked up to in entertainment news, have the quote from the CEO. You can look it up. This says 
that he wants more PG products across the entirety of the new uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, you know, dockets. Because by studies, by them, by proof, by them buying Warner Media, that is where you get the most advertisement dollar. And they're in the minute to make it. And just like Pad pointed out in chat, they paid $40 billion for this company. They want to make some of that money back ASAP. Absolutely. That's a lot of money. So there is a, the, the thing that I would worry about if I'm a fan, and I mean you can get around it. Honestly, PG is not the worst thing that could happen to a wrestling company. Mm-hmm. WWE's making a billion dollars a year in their PG. Yeah. And once again, you guys are going to be like, oh, money doesn't matter. Sorry. I heard that author Tony Khan is Tony Khan is staying true to wrestling. He'll never go for it. It doesn't matter if fucking standards and practices says that you're going to do this. You're going to do it or they fine you or they get rid of you. Mm-hmm. you. You guys have to understand that's how standard and practices work. They dictate. You're the little guy. Don't care what you don't care that your daddy's worth eight billion dollars. They just paid five times that just for the fucking company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Five times what his value is. And by the way, that's not all liquid. But they paid five five times the value of Shad Khan to buy Warner Media. Yeah, it's crazy. That means that's not all their money. Mm-hmm. That's just what they paid for it. Yeah. That's insane. That's like going back and watching that 20th Century Fox deal with Disney that was like $85 billion. I know. You guys, guys, this is those this is the big boys table. Yeah. There's a reason why the House of Mouse owns everything. There's a reason why CBS Viacom has their little chunk. There's a reason why Fox still held on to their network empire and not the movie part, 20th right. Century Fox. They're, uh, unfortunately for them, they lost The Simpsons because somebody didn't know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> that was real reading coverage. Universal has their uh, fucking share of the market. Now Discovery, we're finding out they're a player. Yeah. I didn't even know they were a player. Nobody did. A few weeks ago, when yeah. we were like, "Yeah, oh, this buyout's happening," and, and and all the insiders have said the same thing: this is not a merger. No, there's they, a takeover. They like the word. They always like the word merger. It's a takeover. You know how you know? Because everybody at Warner Media lost their goddamn jobs. Yeah, it's crazy right now. So if you were telling me that they don't care that they're going to lay off hundreds of people, but they care about keeping some program on television, I think you're wrong. Yeah, I don't think they care. I just want to come out and say, let's, let's, not, let's ha- not have dumb arguments about stupid shit like this. See how dumb it sounds when you really point it out? Mm-hmm. Even with the bot thing, how dumb it really sounds. It's just, you know, let's poke one side and then they'll say something and then the other side will say it back and then this side will gloat about something so the other side's got to attack them and you're just never winning. Right. You're always losing and you sound like a bunch of morons yelling stupid shit back and forth. And it goes for both sides. I'm tired of hearing stupid WWE marks go, hey, hey, uh, hey, look at that. Your company got bought. There you go. Whatever. No, it, it, it might never nothing happen. But on the other side, you can't just be gleefully going, oh, no, they're never going to do that. Why would they do that? Stupid. It's the hottest thing in wrestling. Dude, Discovery gives less of a fuck what's the hottest thing in wrestling because we just discussed it. Between all wrestling programs on television, 8 million people is the most viewers you're getting a week. Yeah. That ain't shit. There's more people who tuned into the Yankees Red Sox game this weekend. True story. And baseball ain't even that hot anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's not even talk about what gets tuned into for football. Let's talk about how much Amazon just paid for the fucking NFL rights to the NFL football. Holy shit. You want to talk about expensive. That was hundreds of billions of dollars. <laughs> you want to talk needle movers. That was a needle mover. I mean, AEW is just a, it's a blip on the radar. But it's, it is what it is. 
Uh, Pat says, you have to factor in Apple and Amazon and possible landing spots. They've both been investing in sports broadcasts. Correct, but once again, they don't have TV networks. So then you get into, you're on the internet. Yeah. Which is fine, and I don't mind that. Like, you can you can do well for yourself on the internet, but, you know, there's no TV ratings there. There's no, it's it's a weird beast. Like, I'm still not sold that that's the fucking future of anything. Like, how do they make their money? I mean, we know how Amazon makes their yeah, money. Yeah. Like, let's, let's be real. We know how Apple makes their money. They don't, they're not making their money on content, though. And they're not, by the way, the funniest part, they're not looking to make money. Right now, you can watch baseball for free on Apple. Yeah. The, all, the whole Apple package on Apple TV, you can download Apple TV, not subscribe, and watch the MLB package they have. That's how much they don't give a fuck about money. They could charge for that. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't care. Amazon, same thing. The Sunday ticket price, I think the exact quote from the Amazon guy in charge of it was that the Amazon package will be far, far less than what they charge for the Sunday ticket. Far, far less. Now it makes more sense why they weren't in on that Yeah. now that they sold. Because it was Warner Media who held that rights, mm-hmm. AT&T. So now it makes a lot more sense, more sense why they didn't go higher on that Sunday ticket because they were like trying to sell the company. Mm-hmm. And that would have added a lot more dollar signs. And plus, you're not competing with Big Daddy Jeff Bezos. No. He's got more money than everybody. He's got all the money. Yeah. Between him and Apple, they got all the money. Oh, it's all there. Facebook's got a good chunk of it, too. That's a really weird part. We were talking about these networks and stuff. You know who the real players are. Mm-hmm. Whew. Them tech companies. Yeah. Keep your eyes out for them. You know. That's not even a conspiracy theory. That's true. By the way, I am ready to be paid by my Amazon, Apple, or Facebook overlords. Anytime you guys want to reach out, hook a brother up. Yeah, we can go on there anytime. I'll defend. I'll defend. I have defended way worse stuff. I can defend Jeff Bezos. He looks like Les, Lex Luthor. I automatically like him. Yeah. I, he looks like a comic book villain. Makes me like him. He's a scumbag, from what I understand. But he makes me like him because he looks like a comic book villain. See, that's where you're coming at. See, that's why people are going to come at me because I say crazy shit like that. Mm. And I'm tired right now. But yeah, I don't think there's anything else to touch on. Let's say, like, we always say it, man. Keep the peace. And if you got to be toxic, at least don't sound like a moron. And that goes for both sides. Mm-hmm. This is not, trust me, this is not just shit on AEW side. I just want to have this conversation to make you guys realize that this is real. There is a real possibility. Don't know the size of it because we don't know the scope. But there is a possibility that they could pull the plug on AEW. Yeah. Well, the TV deal, not the company. The company can stay around, but without TV, where you at? You know what I mean? You're glorified indie. Nah, I mean? Yeah. You ain't got nowhere to go. Now it makes also sense why they didn't put them on HBO Max. They're probably not trying to put anything anywhere. Right. There's a lot of things that started to make sense after Discovery bought. So maybe, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe Discovery, maybe the guy in charge over there is a big wrestling fan. And he says, shit, give me more Sting. That's the best case scenario they can have, like I say, because if you're not on TV, I mean, in my opinion, you're a glorified indie. But for them, the sky is not falling, but they had better take a look at the clouds. So until we get a little concrete evidence. And as fans, I just want to say, instead of throwing shit back and forth, mm-hmm. let's promote. Let's put on our fucking big boy pants like when it first started, and let's go out there, hit it, try to get every casual wrestling fan to take a look, try to make them watch. Tony Khan probably needs to have Arn Anderson or somebody take over booking. Mm-hmm. He's got William Regal. Yeah, why William not William Regal fucking book this this territory. Tony can sit back and make all the dumb comments he wants on the internet. Have William Regal. Dude, if William Regal's booking AEW, oh, fuck, somebody's in trouble. Yeah. Oh, man, it'd be so good. Is there any AEW fan, I gotta know, that would be upset 
if William Regal was booking AEW? No. I know I wouldn't be. I'd be applauding this move. As a matter of fact, I'd be like, let's go. Now it's competition. Yeah. Shots fucking fired. You want to scare the shit out of fucking uh, New York, as they used to call WWE. Put Regal in charge. He knows how to book. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all due respect to the promoter slash booker of the year two years and running. (laughs) And they all important Dave Meltzer. Wrestling bullshit. (laughs) I'm just saying, guys, let's get back to it. Now. I just said I'm going to do an op-ed. I'm going to do it real quick because I don't really want to pander on something. But this right here, fans fans can stand to hear this too, by the way. I know that uh, we've I had a couple talks where I good for some from our friends in wrestling. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean decided. I've been having Super BN and what we discussed after air, uh, talking to our, our friend Lincoln, uh, talking to other people. I'm like, you know what? I have some gems from my time working in the wrestling business that I would like to expose and give just kind of this hand about. Mind, mind you, you don't have to listen to me. These are just suggestions. And I was like, where do you start? You start at the beginning, right? So... To anybody out there who is thinking about becoming a professional wrestler or if you're young in your career or shit, even if you've been doing it a while. My, my thing is, is we have to remember, and this is what I would always tell people, and the first thing that you should do is what are your expectations? What are your realities? What is your ceiling? And then know your role. Yeah. And what I mean by this is when you become a professional wrestler, we all have a dream. Our dream is always, you know, uh, you know, uh, to become the WWE champion at WrestleMania, or now maybe even to become the AEW champion, or sure. become the New Japan, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. No matter what, main event Wrestle Kingdom. Usually, that is the dream. Nobody mm. ever is like, you know, I want to wrestle in front of twenty people at a bingo hall. Nobody says that. I mean, you have to pay dues, so that happens, but nobody says that. Nobody's like, that's my end all be all. So first of all, a dream is a dream and don't ever lose the dream. You can go towards that. But then when you get there, when you put down the money, when you decide to wrestle, if you haven't already, if you have, if you've been doing it for a while, when you decided to train and mind you, training never stops. I know I just throw that out there. It's going to be another discussion, but training never stops. But when you, when you started to get into training, that is when you really need to go for what you're doing. So when you get in the ring, you understand your athletic ability. You understand your build, your set. That's where knowing your ceiling is. Like, instantly, you can really tell if you're going to be a guy who has a legitimate shot to hit a place like All Elite Wrestling or World Wrestling Entertainment or Japan. You know, it's also going to come down to, like, your work and your work rate. And I'm not talking about working yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about being honest with yourself. So, like, a lot of guys, I would say, well, you know, what do you see? You, you know, what do you want to put in? Are you going to put in the miles? Are you going to travel every weekend? Are you going to travel to, you know, starting off at locals and then network? Because networking is something we'll talk about in the future. Network yourself into better positions. And, and then during the week, make sure you're getting in the gym. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Making sure you're, 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 you're practicing your trade. Mm-hmm. You know, getting in a training facility ring if you can. And continue learning and learning. Because most of the time after you leave a train, after you train at a school, a lot of times you can come back for absolutely free and help train the next generation or next class behind you. Sure. And continue to, to work on the stuff that you need to work on while helping them. Mm. That's a smart move. You know, are you going to go to seminars? Right now, I'm going to say it. I mean, it's probably going to be another uh, thing in the future because I'm going to do these so, not every week, but so every so often. Uh, seminars. If you're a wrestler and you're not, and you're not like a, top indie guy or a guy who's like you know making if you're not making a living and even if you're making a living off of it because like you, there's a difference of like i i you know i have a shoot job and i'm working and and oh no i quit my job and i'm wrestling but i'm not really making a living and making a living mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of guys out there on the indies like a guy like blake christian he's making a living professional wrestling right 
You know, and I, Jordan Oliver making a living professional wrestling. You know, if you're a guy, and, and nothing got shoot jobs, because brother, a lot of people had it. I'm going to tell you a story right now. Joe Gacy down in NXT had a shoot job for a long goddamn time. All right. And he was out there making towns every weekend, baby. Mm. Making towns, putting in the work. So my point of the matter is, how much are you going to donate to that? You're gonna, you know, you're gonna, you can, you can work the shoot job. You're gonna work out. You're gonna fucking make sure you get in the ring. You're gonna make sure you're making towns on the weekends. If you're gonna put in that much work and you're gonna travel for it, and you know, at first you're gonna take a loss, so that's why you need that shoot job. If you're gonna put in that work, maybe you're ready to go to a higher level. Maybe you'll work for a GCW or a Ring of Honor. Well, barring the fact that now it's AEW, but still, yeah, yeah, or time. an Impact, sure, or you know, insert you know bigger indies and bigger like smaller you know main feds. Or go overseas, go to Canada, Mexico, Europe, whatever. Or are you just happy being the weekend warrior? Mm-hmm. Which there's nothing wrong with. You're living a dream. First of all, if you if you if you want to be a pro wrestler and you have the balls to cough up the money and put in the work to actually get there, congratulations. Yeah, I give you a round of applause, and that's not even fucking whatever. You're living your dream. You put it in there. It's like we wanted to do podcasting and stuff, so we bought microphones, and then we bought more expensive microphones, mm-hmm. and then we bought cameras, and then we, you know, you know, you know, you have to put into your craft. Absolutely. So if you're willing to pay the dues, and you know what, you're just like, fuck, man, I just know that I can't be in this company, that company is just not in the cards. But man, I can make this shindy day and that shindy day and I can go, you know, as far as a couple hours away from my house and wrestle on local shows. Dude, fuck yeah. You're living a dream. But once again, that's the expectation. If that's the dream you're living, that's the dream you're living. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sacrifice more to get net- and network and go further, then that's the dream you're living. If you're going to sacrifice even more than that where it just becomes your job and you're putting 100% of your effort into selling merch, selling yourself, and trying to make it to the next level, that's the dream you're living. And that's where the know your lane comes in. Know your role. Know your lane. If you're the guy who is working local indie shows and that's all you do, God bless you. But don't come out there like you're the big swinging dick. Yeah. Don't come out there going to the promoter going, oh, I don't know why you bring in these indie darlings. You know why? Because they sell fucking tickets. I don't know why you got to bring in that old WWE legend because he sold the tickets. You ain't selling shit except for to your friends and family. Know your fucking role. And then as you go up the list, guess what? You become that guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the WWE legend. Maybe someday. But you become that indie darling, as they call him. That's the, that's, that's the, by the way, that is the name, the guys in the locker room, if you haven't picked up on Ken talking to me when I talk to other people. That's what the boys in the back who are jealous of other guys call them, is indie darlings. Right. Yeah, they're just calling somebody who fucking has taken chances and opportunity and risked things and put stuff into their craft and worked on it, obviously, more than you have done. Because if you were that good, you would be there. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, it's how hard you work. And that's why I really think that if you're going to become a wrestler, if you are a wrestler, if you're early or wherever you are, look at where you are, where you want to go, what you want to do, and be realistic. And that'll take you to where you want to be. Dude, if you're happy wrestling at indie shows, small local indie shows, and that's what you, that's good. It's not a bad thing. We just went to one. Mm -hmm. We've been to other ones. I know a lot of great companies that are really kind of big for being small indies that are fucking great to work for, man. And you got to work those real shit shows to get your foot in the door anywhere. It's true. But if you're just staying on those shit shows and never moving forward, you can't talk about, I'm a 15-year vet. That means I'm better than insert name of guy who's making money worldwide. Yeah. 
Oh, why the hell does why the hell does Speedball Mike Bailey get to work Minoru Suzuki? I'd give him a way better match. Really? Would you, asshole? So what have you done in your time? And you see the sour grapes all the time. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing. But I mean, this is, just goes back to what do you want to do? You're given the opportunity, and you come up with your own scheme of things. And like I said, like Rich said, if you're happy just working your indie local, fine, be happy, be a local legend. Nothing wrong with that. But if you want more than that, go for more than that. But it is work. It is dedication. It is a grind. Some people like it. Some people can't handle it. It is what it is. But you're only going to get out of what you put in. And if you're going to sit there and just be sour grape and everything, get squashed. Like, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I see fucking dudes, man, that I have. And none of you would know. Like, honestly, if you're not, if you're from New York or Pennsylvania, you might know them Mm because they're local, local. Sure. But there, none of you would know outside of there. But I see dudes, and this is this is where I want to say that this is awesome. I, I given shout outs, man, that are making the days, man. I got guys that I saw last past week. I saw a dude that is on my friends list, who's a manager commentator, and he's he's driving. He's like he's on the Facebook going. I'm driving six hours of the show. Every time I look at his social medias, he's plugging what show he's on. That is how you make it. That is how you make it. I don't know if he wants me to give him a shout out or not. If you if he, if you're listening to this guy, I think he does listen to the show. And you want me to give you a shout out? Uh, let me know because I just don't want to push people's shit on French. Street. Right, sure. But that's 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 how you make it. Like, and he's just a manager commentator, and he's out there, you know, networking, getting more days, and he's traveling to Pennsylvania. Like I said, he was six hours away from home. He lives in our area where we're from. He was six hours south in Pennsylvania. I think it was Washington, Pennsylvania. Some as out western, western PA. It's a six hour fucking drive this past yeah, weekend. Out there. Six-hour drive, making some moves, man. You don't get on those shows by accident. You networked yourself into that, and that's what the work, and then that pays off because now somebody else might bring him in, and he's willing to do it. If you're not willing to do that, that's fine. If you're only willing to drive an hour or two from your house, that's fine. That's your role. Stay in it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you can't be a good damn wrestler. The local area, you can be a fucking hero. That's fine. Yeah. That's cool. But know your role. The same thing goes, and it applies for everybody. But the biggest thing is, I have to say, if you are thinking about getting in the business or you're young in the business, no matter where you are, look at your goals. Make goals. Real goals. Realistic goals. I mentioned realistic. Mm. If you're fucking, if I'm 39, if you're 39 years old and you have my physique, you ain't going to WWE. So that's not a realistic goal. You're not going to be main eventing Supercard of Honor. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen for you. If it hasn't happened by now, it's not going to happen. Not being a dick. No, it's, it's true. Facts. It's true. So if that's one of your goals, you might want to set realistic goals of being the top. You know, if you're a vet, if you're my age, I'm 39 years old. If you're in the wrestling game and you're still wrestling in the indies and locals, and that's fine. I know plenty of guys, fucking awesome guys. Perfect guy to example. I don't know how old he is, so I don't want to age him. And don't get mad at me because I do know he listens. Grim Reefer, who I love. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of veteran you want to be. I bet you one of his goals, and this is I'm going to ask him the next time I see him, but I bet you one of his goals is to help and train the next generation because that's what he's doing. He understands, I'm a legend. My And he's even said it in promos, which is true. My time's passed. Now I can get whatever I can. I'm getting the rub that I can, but I'm going to use that to prepare the next generation of people. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. It's a realistic goal because he's doing it. And then you go out and achieve it. So that's what you do. Realistic goals, work hard towards that goal, and then, and then stay in your lane because you know where you belong. Mm-hmm. You're not out here saying rah rah I'm better than this and that. Nobody's gonna like you then, and you're yeah. never gonna get opportunities. 
Just throwing it out there. So there it is. Set realistic goals. Know your ceiling. So that's part of the realistic goals. Know where you fit in. Know what you know your possibilities are. That determines by age, your size, your abilities. All of that factors in. Be honest. Look at yourself in the mirror. You don't have to tell anybody else this shit. Sure. Just yourself. Not exactly. But that's you got those conversations. Look in the mirror. Look in your eyes and go, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. And this is realistic to me. Make sure you're doing that. And then just go out there and achieve it. Live it to your best ability. And then don't get out of your lane. Because when you're an asshole... It also doesn't look good for networking. And now we're going to talk about that at a different time. I guarantee you, I think the next one I'm going to talk because networking is probably the most important thing you can do in pro wrestling. If you're a young up-and-coming wrestler on the indies, you network. Network, 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 and then network fucking some more. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that the next time, which maybe not, it depends on the, how much news we have. It could be next week, could be the week after. But we'll, 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 I'll be going back to this. So hopefully that helps some people out. Because I really would like to see some people succeed. I got to see a real fucking... I saw. I got to see Super B, who sat in the studio the other day, fucking absolutely kill it this past weekend. Hell yeah. Absolutely fucking kill it. And I get to see other... I've seen other great guys killing it too, man. So that's what you got to do. Be positive. Keep it ahead. Keep it realistic. And you will succeed. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Ken M. It went on a little longer. I got preachy, but that's okay. I'm sure JVD all like it. No, absolutely no. I was giving him a shout out there. It's great knowledge to listen to because you know the business and you have that wisdom to pass along. And that's just it's realistic goals for anything you do in life. You have to set those minimal goals to get to where you are. Because I mean, everyone wants to shoot for the moon, but sometimes you got to go for the stars that are a little closer. So put those into perspective and put the work in. And sitting there complaining about what somebody else is doing or you know X, Y, and Z. No, worry about your own lane. Once you focus in on you and make yourself, your brand, the best it can be, then you start branching out, and then you start the network. But you have to take care of that stuff at house first before you do anything. But complaining about how somebody else is doing anything better, you're going to be going absolutely nowhere. Absolutely. So with that being said, though, I know you want to ask, where do you find the ODPH? But before we get into that, we were talking about a quick thing of Excite. There was a wrestler that did get injured this past weekend. Saren Rain? Yes. Uh, so definitely our thoughts and prayers are with him for a speedy, healthy recovery. In the podcast or on the blog, blog counts anywhere on Parlay Points, I have the link for his pro wrestling tees store. If anybody just wants it, I just DM me. I'll send you the link So if you don't want to read the blog. So definitely want to show some support to him if you can. So definitely don't know the extent of the injury. It hasn't been published yet. So definitely are, you know, keeping good thoughts and vibes for him as well. But if you want to swing on over odphpodcast.com, you can definitely check out the blog itself. And like I said, the link is right in there. Also, friend of the show is up for Super B. So if you want to find out where to get a hold of Super B via his Twitter, via his YouTube, we got the links all right there. Parlay points, like I said, blog section blowing up. T Public. if you want to get that Parlay Club shirt, it's there. Definitely sale going on this week, so you get that. You can get the 607 TWS shirt, which that is on sale, too, as well. All of that links to the show. Everything that is the ODPH is simply at odphpodcast.com. All right, 8122productions.com for all the information about Three Fenders and everything else we do. Of course, you know you know how to find me if you want to comment or say anything else. That's fine. Keep it civil, and I'll be civil, and we'll all have a good time. Like I said, uh, at Three Fenders Pod. You know, if you don't have to use an app, don't use it. But at Three Fenders Pod, everywhere on social media, it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Let's keep it easy. Everything you need to know is at 8122productions.com. It's another week. Another 50 cents out of my mouth instead of, you know, in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, 
all we can bring you, all we can bring you is our opinions and our thoughts and just kind of try to navigate the logic in wrestling. And that's what uh, I think that's what's missing. And I know that I every, you know, Padawan Jay likes to poke fun that, you know, you can't bring logic to the IWC, but I think you can, because once you really start to think about what you're saying, you realize eh, maybe, maybe I should rethink that. So that's all we're trying to do here. Make wrestling better than what it was when we came. And that's what everybody should do. Of course, it's a big weekend if you're uh, celebrate Easter. Mm-hmm. So it's Easter weekend. So if uh, you celebrate Easter, uh, you know, hey, Happy have a good Easter. Easter. Uh, I know, you know, we have everybody out there and uh, uh, I know I'll be going out to a nice dinner. I know probably, probably uh, you'll be going something. Whole family family doing something either here or I'll be traveling. Yeah. So there you go. We're both, we're both celebrating. So if you're celebrating, you know, we, uh, you know, say happy Easter. If not, hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully Mm. you have a great week, a productive week, a fun week. Uh, I can't wish, I, I, I can't wish enough positive things to happen to each and every person out there. That's the sad part about it. I really do want everybody to have the best week they can. And watch, and because it's a wrestling show, watch some kick-ass wrestling because there's kick-ass wrestling all over the place. Stop watching what you don't like. Watch a ton of good shit because, trust me, you'll be happy. I watch zero hours of WWE programming, and I am not upset about that at all. Some of you are bitching about seven hours you don't need to watch. So there you go. Yeah. That's my key to success and how you can be happy as a wrestling fan. And with that being said, we're going to fire up One Winged Angel. By second suitor, you know it. We play it every week to carry us out. And when we fire it up, we're going to say so long. Before I do, I would like to say, have a great week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. If you celebrate Easter, have a happy Easter. If not, have a fucking awesome time. Watch some kick-ass wrestling. And last but certainly not least, later, wrestling fans! For my hand, the 
realize that she's walking towards me A smile I see Connect from the top ropes One, two, three